Okay, so we're going to start from the beginning of the ninth paragraph. The Mishnah is dealing with the following concept. We know that a husband has three rights to his nixim of his wife. Number one, he's allowed to eat the Paris. Number two, if she sells it, he is allowed to undo the sale. And number three, if she dies, he's Yerush. So our Mishnah is dealing with a, a man who writes the following thing. If a husband writes in a star, that he writes to his wife, I don't want to do anything to do with your nechsem He writes that lashon. I don't have anything to do with your nechasim. So the halacha is that that, because it's ambiguous, he only forfeits one of the rights. So which one? He could continue eating Paris of the melug. And if she dies, he could be yorisher. So what did he accomplish by writing this? What it accomplished is that she's able to sell it and he can't undo the sale. That's the only thing. And the Gemara is going to ask, why is that the only thing that, like, it's like, it's weird. If what he's saying is effective, it should be effective for all three. And if not, not. So we'll, we'll talk about this. Let's say he writes the same Lashem, but he adds, I don't want anything to do with your Nechassim and your Paris. So then he forfeited two out of three. He no longer could eat the Paris. But he still uh, is able to be Yerusha if she passes away. Now, if Yehuda says, the Tanakama feels that if you say, I don't want anything to do with your Paris, then you don't have the Paris or Peri Paris, which Peri Paris, the Gemara is going to explain, is Paris is the actual fruit. Let's say she brings in an orange orchard. So the the, the fruit of the orchard is the Paris. If he takes those Paris and buys another field, another orange orchard, and then the orange orchard the oranges of the second orchard, that's called peri peris. So according to Tanakama, if he said, I don't want anything to do with your peris, he forfeited peris, and he forfeited peri peris, and peri peri peris, and affinity, and, uh, until affinity. Review the disagrees. He says, peri peris. If you forfeit peris, then that's all you forfeited, but you still have access to peri peris, until you write the following. The following is the Lashen that he has to write in order to forfeit every form of peris, and that is, I don't want anything to do with your nechosim, until infinity okay but again but he still even if he writes that he still is able to be Irish her if she passes away if he wants to forfeit that also then he has to write the following I want anything to do with your field or your Paris both in life and in death and then he forfeits it then it may say disagrees. He says, no, it may say Even if he writes that and then she dies, he's Yerusha. Why? Because feels the husband's right to be Yerusha is a biblical right. There's a Sugi and Baba Basra where they find the Pasuk for this. He feels it's a biblical right. Therefore, if you try to stipulate against the Torah, it's called Masna Mashakasa Batayra. It's an bottle, which means that if you make a stipulation against the Torah, it's not effective. So even if you make the stipulation, you're still able to be Yerush. It's not the Gemara. The Gemara says, When the Mishnah says that he writes this to forfeit some of his uh, rights, it's Labdaf, it doesn't have to be written. The truth is oral uh, stipulation also is effective. Okay, now here's the Gemara's Kasha. If you said to your wife, you forfeited the rights to, to undo the sale. The question is, why is that effective at all? The halacha is, as we'll see in a moment, that if there are two partners and one partner wants to relinquish his rights to the other and he says, that same lashon, it doesn't work. Because if you want to relinquish your rights, you have to use a lashon of giving. 
Dinu devar min doesn't actually mean that you're giving them the property. It's not a lashon of a matana. It's more like a lashon of tefillah. It's like, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, it's more like a hopeful prayer. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. Why is that effective? The halacha is that when it comes to two partners and one partner says that, it's not an effective form of transaction. So why is it effective by the wife? So the Gemara says, even if he said this lashon to his wife, why is that effective? Matani, the Braisa says, if you have two partners, and one partner says to the other, the same lashon, that he's trying to transfer ownership from one, and he says, I have no portion in this field, or I have nothing involved with it, or my hands are removed, they're not effective, because it's not a form, in order to, to transfer ownership, you have to use a lotion of a matana, a lotion of a gift, and I'm gifting it to you. This is more like, I want nothing to do with this field. It's like a hopeful prayer. So why is it effective? So So why is it effective by the wife? The answer is, because of Rusa. The reason is because it's not effective when you have two partners, meaning once you already own the land, then in order to remove that from your ownership, you have to use a lush in a transaction. Over here, the case is where he's saying this to his wife or he's writing this to his wife after Kedushin, before Nesuin, so he hasn't acquired it yet. So because he hasn't acquired it yet, because he hasn't acquired it yet, this lotion is effective, meaning it's easier to avoid owning something than to get rid of it once you own it. So once he's a partner already, after Nesuin, once he's already a shutif with his wife, then it's not effective, then this lotion's not effective. But because he's saying it before he got it, it's effective. Kidder of Kahana, uh, if you're about to inherit something from somewhere else, it's easy to just say, I don't want it. This lotion is good to prevent you from owning it. Also, it also is backed up by Rava's teaching. Rava has a shita that if you don't want to take part in a luxury that Chazal gave you, you have the right to do that. Over here, Chazal gave him the luxury that he has ownership, that he has that he has rights to his wife's malog, he can just say, I'm not interested. If a person says, I don't want what Chazal gave me, like in this case, like something, Rabbi was talking about a specific case, and he said, if a person like this case, we'll see what this question mark case is, but he says, if a person wants to say, I don't want ownership in it, I don't want to take part in what Chazal gave me, you have the right to do that. So in this case, the husband's saying, I don't want to take part in the rights of the malog, he has the right to the Micah, what was Rubber referring to? What was the original case? We know that the Chazal gave the right that the husband has to support the wife, but she could say, I'm not interested in being supported, and that, that's effective. So the Gemara says like this. Now, according to Rava, a person has the right to say, I'm not interested. So why can't he do this after he's a, after Nisuin? Right? We said before that after Nisuin, you can't because you're already partners. But if Chazal give you the right to waive this, why can't you wave it afterwards in this lotion of dinu devar mainly? The Gemara, and we, we know the answer. The answer is that once you're already a partner, this lotion is not effective. The Gemara just wants to speak it up. Abaya says that once you get married, the nisimalug, your partners. As we said before, partners, this lotion is not effective. Rava actually adds yada. Rava says, not only are you partners, he actually has more rights than she does. Now, this is not relevant to our discussion, but because either way, whether your partner or whether you're 50 50 partners or whether the husband has greater rights, it's not, it doesn't matter because either way, the husband is not able to waive it with this lotion. But the Gemara just said it's a machlegas of whether the husband's rights to Niximalug are 50 50 or greater than 50 50. He has more rights than she does. What's the nafkame? We know that Beshame uh, and Basil argue about if a woman waiting Yibam dies, what to do with a Niximalug. According to Beshame, it's split. And according to Basil, it goes to the father and it doesn't go to the Yavam. 
So there's a machlegas Abaya Varava. When did she get that nechosim? According to Abaya, she got it when she was originally married to the first husband because he holds the husband and her are 50-50 partners. So 50-50 partners, then he dies, then she dies, the question, who gets it? But according to Rabba, that the husband actually has stronger rights, if she would have gotten it, those nechosim, when she was originally married, it would have been the first husband's, in which case it would have become the yavams. So it must be that she got it afterwards. Again, it's not relevant to our discussion. Iboilu, who is the kasha, we said before in a brisa. We brought in a Bryce parenthetically. The Bryce holds that if you have two partners and one partner is trying to get rid of the, the field to the other, and he says, it's not effective. Now, by the way, so why is he saying if it's not effective? It means he's just trying to get the guy off his back. The guy's fighting with him, and he's like, oh, I'm just trying to, like, you know, I'm just trying to, it's like a hopeful prayer that I don't want to be involved with you, but it's not actually relinquishing rights. The question is, what if he did a Kenyan also? So he said this Lashon that's not effective, but then he did a Kenyan. So the question is, is the Kenyan just a continuation? Is a Kenyan reinforcing the words? So if the words are meaningless, the Kenyan is meaningless or no? The Kenyan actually means something. So when he did the Kenyan, he was trying to give it away. So the Gemara says, Remember, Rabbi says a Kenyan is to reinforce the words. If the words are empty, the Kenyan is empty. So why is he doing it? Because he's just trying to get rid of the guy. He's trying to have the guy not fight with him. So he's making a Kenyan, but it's a sham. Rav Nachman says, no, the Kenyan actually accomplishes something. And if you make this Kenyan, then there is a transfer of ownership. Abaya says, I agree with my Rebbe Rav Yosef, go to the next page, that the Kenyan is not effective. When? When does he agree with Rav Yosef? Again, you have these two partners. You got Reuben and Shimon. Reuben says to Shimon this lotion of, I want to give up half my field to you, but didn't var mainly. So he said it's not effective. Then he does the Kenyan. So Rav Yosef says not effective. And if Shimon tries to take over the other side, it doesn't work. So it says Abaya, I agree with Rav Yosef that this Kenyan is a sham. When the following thing happens, when Shimon tries to take over Reuben's share and Reuben instantly disagrees with him. If Reuben instantly fights with him, then you see that Reuben himself doesn't believe this action is accomplishing something. If Reuben doesn't believe the action is accomplishing something, then then we believe then, then that's a reinforcing that the Kenyan was a sham. But but if let's say Reuben did the Kenyan with Shimon to give over half the field to Shimon, that might be a sham. And then Shimon moved in and Reuven didn't say anything for a few days. Then Reuven started to question and say, well, that's my field. But because there were a few days where he, he let the guy stay, that means that Reuven himself acknowledged that it was a good Kenyan. If the person who did the Kenyan acknowledges a good Kenyan, then we're not gonna we're not gonna fight it. Then it's Taka good Kenyan. So Abaya says whether it's a good Kenyan or not depends on how the person who made the Kenyan treated it. If he respected it as a Kenyan, then we'll treat it as a Kenyan, if not, not. Amra Meymar. Amemar said, what's the halacha if someone did this kinyan? The halacha is the kinyan is effective and there's a transfer of ownership. So When do you say that it's a good kinyan? Did you say it only when the guy respected right away? What if he didn't respect the meaning? Are you just disagreeing with Rav Yosef? Are you saying Rav Yosef only said his opinion? Sometimes, when did you say your opinion? So if he's saying that it's a good kinyan, it's a good kinyan, so what do I care? The answer is, look at Rav Yosef. We wanted to know, did Rav Yosef's opinion, did Rav Yosef say his opinion in all scenarios or not? So really like my really. He says, I, I don't I don't hold of any distinction, meaning I believe that in all scenarios, not like Rav Yosef, I believe in all scenarios that if you do a kinyan, it's effective. Okay, so we said that the husband has, back to the mission, the husband has three rights. He has the rights to the Paris, eat the Paris, he has the rights to inherit her if she dies, 
and of Mechsamalug, and he also has the rights to undo a sale. But if he says he loses one of the rights, and which one does he lose? He loses the ability to undo the sale. So the question is, the why don't we assume that he, if he's going to lose one right, why don't we assume he's losing all three? So Abaye says there's a rule. Whenever you have a star that's ambiguous, we only, um, you, you, you only lose the minimum amount. So therefore this star is ambiguous because this star is basically him giving up rights, but it's an ambiguous way. So halacha is, he only loses the minimum amount. The minimum amount is... Uh, the least, the easiest meaning, if you ask the husband out of the three rights, which is the one that you'd rather lose, the quickest, the, the easiest to lose is is uh, the undoing a sale. So the Gemara says, why? The Gemara says, Ema peri, maybe we, he should lose the rights to eating the peris. The answer is, Amar tav mikra, I'd rather have small gourds now than a lar- later. Meaning, I'd rather, undoing the sale is a potential one-time uh, big payout later on. I'd rather, the Gemara says, a person would rather have the rights to the peris which is a constant small stream of income than the un- the rights to undo the sale. So therefore, if he's going to lose one, we assume that he would rather lose the undo the sale. Baby Yerusha, what about Yerusha? Maybe it's maybe he wants to lose that. So the Gemara says, Out of the two, which is the right that is more used by the husband? Inheriting, because people die more than what's the what's the out of the two. You have one is the uh, rights to undo a sale. And you have inheritance, which one happens more often? Inheritance happens more often. How often does a woman die? A lot of times. How often does a woman sell it against her husband's wishes? Not very often. So we assume that if a husband is going to lose something, he's going to lose the most infrequent right, which is to undo a sale. Okay, that's why. Now that's a bias take. So a bias says out of the three, the reason why we lose one is because we assume that he wanted to lose one of them. And we don't know which one because it's ambiguous. So we give him the least used. Ravashi says no. He says, I'll tell you from his actual Lush, and I know which one. Again, there are three rights. But what did he say? He never mentioned Paris, so Paris are out. And he never mentioned after death. So the Yerush is out. The reason why we know is not just because it's ambiguous and it's the least likely. Stam, we, we can figure out that's what he meant. Okay. Tanra Abonin. So the, Bryce, the Mishnah said that according to Rabbi Yehuda, he loses Paris, but he still keeps Peri Paris. So I said, what are Peri Paris? So I said, Peri Paris are, you take the orange orchard that you brought, you bring the orange, take the oranges that you brought into the marriage, you sell them and you buy with it an orange orchard. The oranges of the second orchard is Peri Paris. So Gemara speaks it out. Tanra Abonin. Elin Paris, Elin Peri Paris. What are considered Paris and what are considered Peri Paris? Sechni, so like Karka, Vasasa, Paris, Harian Paris. Paris are, she brings in marriage, she brings an orange orchard. And then she has oranges, the oranges are Paris. Machar Paris, if he sells the oranges, the and he buys with that money land, another orange orchard. Vas is a Paris, and he has oranges in the second orchard, Harry and Paris, Paris. Those are considered Peri Paris. So from here until the two dots, the cash is like this. According to Yehuda, you do not, you, you, you still have rights to Peri Paris unless you say, I don't want rights to Paris or Peri Paris ad oilum. The question is, so you're saying two things. You're saying, I don't want rights to pay repairs until infinity. The question is, do you have to say both of those things? Meaning, let's say you just said pay repairs. Is that also to infinity? And the statement where he said you have to say into infinity was Labdafka? Or perhaps no. You actually have to say to infinity. And pay repairs on its own is not enough. So maybe peri, uh, 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 the, to infinity is dafko, or the opposite. Maybe 
um, what's dafka is peri peri. So once you say that, then it's the equivalent of saying to infinity, or you have to say both. That's the Gemara's question. The Gemara says, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that his words are very specific, where you have to say, to relinquish rights of peri peris, you have to say peri peris until infinity. So the question is, is peri peris dafka? Is the main thing saying peri peris? And once you say that, then you lose rights to all fruits till infinity. You don't actually have to say to infinity, and that was lav dafka. Or perhaps no, to infinity is the main thing you have to say, and peri peris is lav dafka. Or you have to say both. And the Gemara speaks it out. Let's go with possibility number one. Let's assume that the main thing you have to say is peri peris. Now, if you say peri peris, according to this, you lose it to infinity anyway. So why did the Mishnah say to infinity? What the Mishnah just means to say is that if you say peri peris, you lose it, and it's the equivalent of saying to infinity, but you don't actually have to say to infinity. Or, or perhaps no, the main thing you have to say is to infinity. And, why do you, and you don't have to say peri peris. And why is it in the Mishnah? What the mission means to say is that if you want to never have fruit rights, you have to say infinity. Saying peri peris is not enough. Or or perhaps both are necessary. Meaning, why do you have to say both? If you just say peri peris, then all you lose is peri peris. But you don't lose the rights to peri 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 peris, etc. That's why you have to say it's infinity. Have I mean a peri peris who? Because of ad oilum, and if you just say ad oilum, so let's say you say, I don't want rights to peris ad oilum, you don't mention peri peris, then that you're basically saying, I don't want rights to the fruit ad oilum. Ad oilum doesn't mean infinity, it means forever, meaning I will never have the rights to the first fruits. But if I were to take those oranges and sell them and buy a second orchard, maybe peri peris sell out. So maybe you need to say both. Like cousin peri peris, I'm a mean loyal my peris It's a peri peris. So we're not sure. We're not sure which is dafka, one, the second, both. We're not sure. Uh one last kasha. Let's say instead of saying you're ossering peris, the peri peris, let's say you just ossered peri peris. Are you allowed to have the original peris? Do we assume that if someone asks peri peris, that means to include definitely peris are also or no? Peri peris are also, but peris are mutter for them to consume. Ibailu, kasla didn't varm ainly ben chsaich. The person says, I'm not, I don't have the rights to eat peri peris. I don't have the rights to eat peri peris. Mashiach peris, can he eat the original peris? Me peri peris solig nashim peri loy solig nashim. Do we say, well, listen, you listen to his words. He said he's not going to eat peri peris, but you never said anything about peris. So the original peris are allowed. They don't call me loy solig nashim, or perhaps no. He's trying to say that all is it also. So the Gemara says, Pshit is Mikal Milisog Nafsha. The Gemara says, Posh it, that when he says Peri Peris, he's asking all of it. Why? Because if you say that person is only asking Peri Peris, but Peris originally, he's allowed to consume. So the question is, so he's asking the Peri Peris, but he's allowed to consume the Peris. But if he's allowed to consume the Peris, then how does he ever have Peri Peris? If he eats all the Peris, then there's nothing left to buy the second fruit. If he's if you're saying that he's allowed to consume Paris, then how do you ever get to Peri Paris? The Gemara assumes that when you're allowed to consume it, you will consume all of it. The Gemara is going to instantly answer, perhaps he's not consuming all of it. He's allowed to consume the Paris, but it doesn't mean he is consuming the Paris. So the Gemara says, The Gemara says, according to Yehuda, right? You're allowed to eat peri pears. You're just not allowed to eat pears. Well, if you don't have, if you're not eating the pears, how do you get to peri pears? Oh, but the shayra, and I'm the shayra. 
The answer is, it doesn't mean you ate or consumed all of it. It means you consumed some of it. So, yeah. That's, um, okay. It's a strange how it's a strange back and forth. Um, we'll end with this. The Gemara says that according to Rishim Leo, the Mishra said according to Rishim Leo, if a husband says that he's not going to be Yerushar, it's not effective because it's Masna Masha Kazabatar, it's an eye bottle. But not for his reasoning. Meaning, I agree with his conclusion, but not for his reasoning. What does that mean? My What does he mean by that? If he means that what I agree with Rosh Gamliel's conclusion that even if you say that you're not going to be Yerushar, you still are. But not for his reasoning. Why? Rishim Gamliel's reasoning is because if you go against the Torah, if you stipulate against the Torah financially, it doesn't work. Rab actually holds Tanaikaim. Rab actually holds that it does work. So why? So if you are able to stipulate against the Torah, then why, Taka, do you still yerush the husband, the, the yerush the wife? Yerusha habal He holds. If it was Yerusha Daraisim, Yerushim Gamliel holds that Yerusha of the of uh, Yerusha of the of the wife is a biblical concept, and he holds Masan Kasham Ashkas Betayra Tonight Bottle. Rav disagrees. He says no. I actually hold if you Masan Ashkas Betayra Tonight Kaim, you could actually stipulate against the Torah. So why over here does the stipulation not work? Because over here it's Yerusha Darabona. He holds that the wife, the husband's rights to to collect the lug is not a biblical right, it's a rabbinic like the and the chazal are stronger than the Torah. Meaning, if it was the Torah, you could tackle go against it because it's chazal, you can't go against it. Perhaps that's uh, what Rav's reasoning is, but we'll see. Uh, we'll continue with this tomorrow.